welcome all to another episode of All Things Adventures in Odyssey. I'm your host, Clint Brahms, and today we'll be discussing episode 929, The Lost One, part 2. I really had no predictions going into part 2. I really enjoyed The Lost One, part 1, and the next part was coming out immediately thereafter. So the next day, I believe it was a Thursday, if my memory is correct. Got home from school, saw the episode was out, put in headphones, got on my hoverboard, and just rode it around the driveway listening to this good half hour of audio drama. And I have to tell you that this episode is one of my favorites in the history of the show. Amazing, amazing episode. And this is the conclusion of the first multi-episode series that we've done. So thanks to everyone who's been along for the ride. This is the end of the Olivia arc. There is another episode that comes later that calls back to this one and is kind of a continuation from where this leaves off. But as far as the immediate arc in Olivia's journey right now goes, this is the end. And yet again, we start off with Chris encouraging the whole family to listen together and a previously. And I've mentioned that there is no musical motif specifically for this arc. However, as we come out of the previously, there is something, some sort of musical stamp that defines this episode. And we pick up with this episode, it seems, just a few days, perhaps a week or so, after the end of part one. And it is made very clear that Olivia and Zoe are no longer friends. They are sending each other things that they had kept. Classic move here. Ava is rightly concerned and does not like this development. Some BD loves me. That is a terrible name. And we find out here in this first scene that Zoe is very distraught. She has been crying because she did not get the student editor position. And we know whose fault that is. That is very likely a direct result of Olivia's cruelty. I think I would go that far. Ava, not having all of the information, thinks that perhaps Olivia could comfort Zoe, but no, not about this, unfortunately. And we get the next scene, Leonid back again, scolding Olivia for messing up her paper about him. And Leonid is very much encouraging Olivia to move on from her friend. However, while Olivia has given in to Leonid a number of times, and that is likely the reason for the problems she is facing now, including her fractured relationship with Zoe, She's not fully on board yet, as he thinks she is. And she wholesale rejects Leonid and completely ignores his advice and direction. Thinking for herself truly, turns out that's not what he wanted at all. We get the scene at the little theater. It sounds very huge. Olivia's bravo, well done. That seems a little bit over the top to me, but it's fine. And we find out that Zoe was not at the play. And here I started getting worried about Zoe, if something was going to somehow happen to her and how that would relate with what was going on with Olivia. We get some clarity when Olivia talks to Connie and we find out that Zoe has been dealing with a lot of things. Obviously, her friendship with Olivia has been terminated. She lost the student editor position and she's so sad that she can't make it to her own play. And that is cause for concern and is probably the leading reason why I thought something may be up with Zoe. It seemed pretty late to be introducing that, but it still crossed my mind. And the remainder of the conversation between Olivia and Connie is fantastic. Talking about what our moral code must be, how relative it must be without God. And then tying that into the fact that this is another proof of the Bible's truth in that if people would follow those commandments how much better the world would be very interesting point to bring out and a great one that i would not have thought of 
I love Connie's reference to her early days in Odyssey. This is something that we can actually see on the show, and it's something that I want them to do more as we get more and more Odyssey in the history books, so to speak. We're at almost a thousand episodes. I think they could do even more pulling from previous, and I mean far, far earlier episodes. Not necessarily retreading themes, although I think even that could be good if it was done well. But just referencing back to long ago events that happened in Odyssey that we already know about that can maybe be seen in a new light or can help somebody in a slightly different situation. We get that in the last episode of Album 74, and I really like it, but we'll get to that much later. Back to this episode. We get a scene at Fenneman's Market between Zoe and Ava Parker. This is just a great scene, great chemistry between the two. One of the things that I really love about this scene is I always like it whenever they pull in background dialogue or voices to kind of play underneath the actual important dialogue and listening into that. Obviously, this time we have the Fenneman's Market clerk or whoever speaking over the intercom, and that is just a great touch. Calls back to classic Odyssey, and I really like that. And this scene sort of puts to rest any worries that we had about Zoe. So there for a moment, I was a little bit worried, but we get confirmation that that is not where this is going very shortly after our suspicions are raised. They finally get down to the brass tacks, talking about Olivia and their struggles with dealing with her. We find that even her relationship with her mom is not going well. And we get Ava's faith that everything will work out for Olivia. And that's a good assurance to hear, both for Zoe and for the audience. Although there is kind of that thing where, ooh, if a character says it out loud, that means it's probably not going to happen. But we don't have to worry about this necessarily in this case. And at the very end of this scene, we find out that Zoe has something up her sleeve. In the next scene, we find out that Olivia had told her mother she wished she had picked a different subject. This was originally a scene to itself, but now we get Leonid bringing it up in this scene. The other had to be cut for time. Sepinov's disdain for Immanuel Kant and the categorical imperative is very humorous, and he may have thrown his brother down a well, so Leonid's disdain is well-founded, right? Uh, no. Again, we get that Leonid is the author of confusion in Olivia's life right now. Perhaps this is even another clue we can look to as to what his identity truly is. He really pushes her to get rid of her family and friends, to section herself off from them. And that seems to kind of scare Olivia into action, and she does the opposite. And then we get some very eerie music. Olivia knocking on Zoe's door, no one is home, and there is a train in the background that I don't know why. It makes this scene feel so ominous. And if you think about it, why would a train horn do that? I have no idea, but it does. It's so perfectly timed. You're hoping that Olivia can make things right with Zoe, but you know that's not about to happen. And that train horn just makes, what in the world is going on here? And then we go to Wits End and it's closed also. And we can still hear that train in the background. I just wonder, I mean, great choice for the sound design because it got my attention and definitely made me engage with what was going on but i do not know why it makes me feel that way it's very interesting and so witsend is closed and here it was only for the briefest of seconds because there's just so many ways that this wouldn't work but the first thought that comes into my mind and i know that came into others minds is did the rapture take place and she was left behind and that's almost what it seems like they're wanting you to feel right here i don't know with that train horn even 
I do not know, but very interesting choice. All of this very much adds to the episode. This is just a phenomenal episode, and this little section right here is great. And then we get Olivia heading back home because she couldn't find anybody to talk to. And we get Olivia coming back home, and even her house is empty. She's completely alone. We can hear this sort of maybe fear, but also loneliness in her voice. And she sits down and starts crying. And it is just great. Very sad piano music comes in as she begins to cry. And then finally in this darkest moment, she begins to pray a bit hesitantly. And Leonid's voice interrupts her. And it's what I wanted. It's not necessarily what I was expecting. But he breaks in and stops her from praying. That it is so good. He's so calm. His words in the beginning are so brief. And he just sees her reaching out for help. And he steps up to quash it. I could never do it justice here. You, If you have not listened to this episode, why are you listening to this review? Also, listen to this episode. It is amazing. And then Leonid sort of monologues for a moment. The music, which had been still while Olivia was praying and as he began to interrupt, gets a lot more dark and twisted, perhaps is the word. I don't know. And as he continues to speak, his voice changes. He loses the accent. His voice gets deeper and deeper until finally it's just a regular deep voice that has kind of this whisper to it. And we get that this has been Satan all along using the words of Leonid Sepinov to inspire doubts. And now that she sort of rejected him completely, the gloves come off and he is bombarding her with hopelessness directly. And he starts to bring out whatever it is that is her true problem. We don't know it at this moment, but he is definitely referencing that. And we get that he has been telling her and he reemphasizes now, you are alone. And that can go nowhere but dark places, if not for a knock at the door. Olivia starts crying again with knocks. We hear her compose herself and then answer the door, and they go on a walk and just have a great conversation. There's something in Olivia's voice, and I'm not talking about the acting right now, something about the microphone or effects on her voice. The very first time I listened to it, I felt like something was a little bit wrong and I wonder if there might have been something wrong with her microphone there in my listens since I've started to not notice it and even this last time listening to it I really couldn't tell but I still remember having that weird feeling that very first time I listened to it obviously there's so much great stuff happening here it does not take away from the story at all but something I thought I would bring out here and Wit puts his finger on it exactly Olivia has been looking for reasons to doubt why would she do that well, we will find out soon. As Wit confronts her, she gets more and more distraught. She begins crying. Please don't make me say it out loud. We get the sense that there is something big here. And we get, finally, the reason for all of this. It all goes back to that very first scene when Olivia and Ava are praying or are about to pray. And we get from later scenes after that that one of the items they prayed for was that there would be a way that they could go on the ski trip. The anonymous donation came in, so God answered her prayer, and because of that answered prayer, Mr. Norton died. So Olivia feels responsible. It obviously was not her fault, 
but I can see that being a thing that would weigh heavily on a person. Something that you were so thankful and grateful for ended up killing someone else. And especially for one so young, yeah, I can see how that would be devastating. And Wit says she would rather believe that her prayers meant nothing than to believe they meant something. This is just a great storyline, a great framework to examine prayer through. Just great job here. And we get some great wisdom from Wit about how God works. And then we get the reveal that Wit can relate to Olivia's situation somewhat because he was the anonymous donation. And now we know why it was such a big deal, why it was mentioned several times in that first episode, why it was in the album description, because this is a major plot point. Again, I believe it is Wit that Wilson is referring to in Triple Decker Sunday when he says that Mr. Norton's death impacted a lot of people. We obviously can see and hear in Wit's voice that it impacted him. We hear the story about how Wit interacted with Mr. Norton's son. It makes sense that a close friend like Wilson could see the toll that unintended consequences of Wit's donation had. And really, again, the whole point is that it wasn't a consequence of Wit's donation or of Olivia's prayer. Sometimes things just happen, and we have to trust that God has it all under control. And Wit calls out that Satan has been putting doubts in Olivia's mind and reminds her that it is his goal to separate her from God. And Wit gets very, I don't know, stern isn't the right word, but very serious. It's time for things to change. It's time for Olivia to come out of this dark season. We get Olivia rejecting the lies. Her faith is beginning to be restored. And then they head to the church. But before they do that, Wit tackles the final lie that Leonid, or really Satan, told her that she is alone. And he takes her to the church to prove that. And I think that scene is either the longest or one of the longest scenes in Odyssey about 7 minutes, 55 seconds, about 8 minutes. Perhaps there are a few that exceeds it. If so, I guarantee that none were as impactful as that. This is one of the best scenes in Odyssey history. In the next scene, we get them coming into the church. We can hear Wilson praying in the background. Wit explains what has been going on, that Zoe gathered a lot of Olivia's family and friends together to pray for her, and Olivia goes in to join them. Everyone is shocked to see Olivia. They all have a good conversation, and Mrs. Norton is one of the people that has been called to pray for Olivia. And from Mrs. Norton, we get more information, a better understanding of Mr. Norton, adventurous, a risk-taker, and that he would not in any way, shape, or form blame Olivia or Wit for what happened to him. It's just a really great way to tie back in the sort of inciting incident for this arc, which was Mr. Norton's death, and as Olivia begins to get over her doubts, it's great to see that tied back in here. And as Wilson prays, we finally get the final tie-in from the pre-Olivia arc episode, The Christmas Bells, where Wilson first started feeling that something was about to happen. In that episode, one of the most pivotal moments was when Henry Wadsworth Longfellow writes, Is God asleep? Is he there at all? Is he dead? And then we get the verse from the song, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. And Wilson Knox quotes that in his prayer, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. And everything comes in a full circle, is complete. Great, great work on bringing that in. I know there were some people who were annoyed because that episode seemed to be unrelated to the greater 
arc, but here Marsha Younger rectifies that in a great way. And in our final scene, we get Olivia at home. Leonid tries to come back being his humorous, likable self, but Olivia does not humor him. She already knows that he hates the Bible, so she reads the story of the lost one, and that sends him running just the way his voice dies at the end as he leaves, a reminder of who he really is. We get some very peaceful music after that, and we think the scene is over, but no. Ava comes in, she and Olivia have a brief discussion, and then we get that Olivia is ready to pray again. In the very first episode, Higher Than Our Ways, we get the bookends of the prayer scenes with, between Olivia and her mom, and we get it again here to finish off this arc. And again, everything is just so complete, coming full circle, masterfully done here. Chris's wrap-up is, once again, great. Very interesting that they pull from the story of Jacob wrestling the angel. Interesting closing thought. And with that, our examination of the Olivia arc comes to a close. This is one of my favorite storylines of Odyssey. This, in particular, episode is one of my favorites of Odyssey at large. I listened to this episode, loved it, played it for my family, talked to all my friends about it. I remember really liking album 70 and 71, but the conclusion of this arc and just how great it was, I believe, is what really started to cement in my mind that things are looking up for Odyssey. And again, even more would come later that would reaffirm that in my mind. We will get to all of that later, and I am super excited for it. But before we end, I just want to say I am so glad they did this story. I really appreciated it. This was really Marshall Younger's idea, his story. So shout out to him. These are great. They just did an amazing job with these. I cannot say enough good about them. But that'll have to be it for now. I'd like to thank all of you for joining me during this six-part overview series. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. If you would, download the episodes and follow the show. All of that helps. I've got a lot of people listening, but not quite as many following. So if you would be so kind, hit that little check mark or whatever it may be on your screen. That would help me out a whole lot. If you have any suggestions or anything you'd like to let me know, you can email me at clintbrahms, C-L-I-N-T-B-R-A-H-M-S at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. We'll be back soon with some more overviews. And until then, I'm looking forward to the adventure. (laughs) 